warning, the Paper Cuts podcast has bad language and spoilers, so cover your freaking ears. You are now listening to the Paper Cuts comic podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts podcast, issue 107. God damn, we miss Evan. I am your host, Dan Ryan, and joining me this week is Mr. Matthew Much. Oh, boy. And Mr. Dean DeFalco. Double. Double. Doobly doo. Excellent. I'm so happy that happened. Gentlemen, sad news to start off the show. First mm-hmm. of all, we have to oh, say. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Mr. Steve Dillon passed away from a burst appendix this past week. I know he had been sick for a little while, um, but if you don't know Steve Dillon's work, uh, if if the name isn't ringing any bells, co-created Preacher with Garth Ennis, did a phenomenal run on The Punisher. Uh, Dude was fucking amazing. I mean, and did a a ton of stuff in England before that, created a bunch of stuff. Um, has contributed to Doctor Who over the years and, and just done a ton of, ton of excellent, excellent, excellent work. Passed away far too young this past week. And that really sucks. So when you're done listening to this episode, go out and get some Preacher books, get some Punisher books, and revel in, in the beauty that was Steve Dillon's art. Unless you're highly religious, then don't buy Preacher. No, still no. by preacher, and then stop being fucking religious. <laughs> like it's just anyway. So <laughs> we read five books this week, and we, we actually read all five. Like I actually had an opportunity to read all five because I stayed home sick from work today because <coughs> I feel like shit still. Aww. But yeah, well, you know, it's fine. I have beer and you guys to talk to, so that'll get me through my evening. I have beer too. Um, yay! What are you drinking? Budweiser Black Crown. All right. I'm drinking Paps because... Uh, PBR. Do, nice. PBRs, baby. I usually drink Yingling Tallboys during the show, but if you're going to just go ahead and announce that you're supporting Donald Trump, I will no longer give you any of my money. So no more Yingling for me. Anyway, uh, let's start off this week with Batman Beyond number one. Now... Gentlemen, what are your feelings? I feel on like Batman we missed some stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I feel like we yeah. missed a lot of stuff. But I um, meant I meant more in general. Uh See, Batman Beyond is supposed to be about all the cool high-tech shit that like it's like what if Batman could like have rocket packs and shit and like just deck him out as much as possible. That's what Batman Beyond is to me. Um right. That's not this book. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Were you a fan of the show? I was. I fucking love that show. That show was dope. I mean, because it's it's that what if situation of like what happens when Bruce Wayne can't do his job anymore and that's what fucking happens. He finds someone else to do it and you see all these characters that have aged around him and these new characters that have been introduced and stuff and it's fucking cool seeing that. However, um the, the comic has I don't want to say made it worse, but I, from what I've read, it, Batman Beyond has never been something that I could get into, um, and I don't see me getting to this book either. 
yeah, spoilers for our review. I think I, I'm I, I'm of the same mind as you. What what about you, Matt? What were your feelings on on the Batman Beyond show? Like, were you a fan of the show previously? Um, I enjoyed the show, but I didn't seek it out and watch mm-hmm. all of it. So I guess I wasn't that big a fan, but mm-hmm. I liked it mm. whenever I caught it. I always thought it was really, really great and did a lot of the really cool things like, you know, like being said, what if you pushed Batman into the future, what would his villains be like? What would the world be like? And I thought they did a really good job of creating villains, like adding spokes to the wheel. Oh, man. You know, not reinventing the wheel, yeah, just yeah. adding some spokes to it. Like fucking ink. Ink was Oh, ink was, uh, that's, cool. that's what I was going to uh, mention. And uh, the, uh, the. That was what, very cool. What the hell was the name of the, the card gang that they had? Oh, yeah. Oh fuck! I can't remember now. They were really now, cool. Yeah. Like they, they had a lot of really cool villains in the show, and I, I, I'm sure they showed up in the book. But you, you just got a lot of emotion from the show. A, a, a lot of stuff happened in that show that really hit hard. Um, and I, I mean, Justice League showed up too, so you got a bit of the unlimited stuff going on. Oh, oh man. Um, high praises to the show. I mean that 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 came off of um. The same uh, creators of uh, the original Batman animated series, right? Right, yeah. So you had Bruce Timm and stuff working on it, Paul Dini, and those guys just, they know what the fuck they're doing, man. Just have them make the goddamn book. But still, I mean, this wasn't a, <laughs> this wasn't a bad book. It was just, it wasn't what I wanted from a new Batman Beyond book, especially if you're going to do this whole rebirth thing and you're going to reintroduce Batman Beyond. Like, you had a chance to get rid of a lot of this messy canon, and instead they just threw even more in yeah they really did so this book uh batman beyond rebirth number one um written by dan jurgens art by bernard chang uh basically dealt with the jokers which is the the joker is dead um at this point and depending on whether or not you take the movie and the batman beyond movie and into official canon or not which i have no idea what their plans are for that but the joker the Return of the Joker movie, which was excellent movie, oh, like comes back, but like possesses like Tim Drake. It's a fucking weird thing. Too much to get into now. But in the future, the Joker is dead, and there is a gang of Jokers, and apparently their plan in this book is going to be to uh, resurrect the Joker, and uh, they have themselves a whole town. And uh, like as I was reading, I just. Uh, like the second page is where they lost me. Like the double page spread, because it says like there's like the the main Joker guy is is having a conversation with uh um fuck what's her name uh just a girl at that point I don't even remember oh it, it was Dana I think the one that he kidnapped yeah it's yeah, uh it's, it's what's his face's girlfriend or ex, probably ex girlfriend ex girlfriend or something like that yeah. I forget. I forget entirely where it is, but anyway, the leader of the Jokers is talking to Terry McGinnis's like girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, and uh, he says, you know, the most influential person in Gotham City in the history of ever was the Joker. We're going to bring him back to life. You know, we've even taken over a whole neighborhood. We call it Joker Town. And it was like, really? Like, that's your big fucking, re- like, there's got to be something better. They, they could have gone with anything. the last laugh, like, you know, fucking just... just <laughs> The circus? I don't. You you really could have called it and Joker Town, like or Joker's Town. Was there a Z in Joker's there? Town? Oh, yep. Because okay. like this came out at when the original Batman Beyond came out, 
if you wanted to be edgy and cool, you put, put a, a Z. Z on the end of things. Yeah. Um. So it's Joker's town. Um. And then we pretty much just get a uh, very standard comic book from there on out. Um. There's a little bit of Terry's little brother, uh, leading new girl down into a bat cave. Uh. Batman Beyond has been beaten up by one of the Jokers who's uh, powered up by uh, Venom. Um, so What must the be same, Venom otherwise? Yeah, this, the same shit that makes Bane all big and fucking buff. Uh, there's a little bit of a fight scene. And then uh, Terry, or I guess we just call him Batman. Batman uh, wins, naturally, because, you know, Batman. He's Batman. Uh, <laughs> gets himself back to the Batcave. And says, you know, I don't, I, I wasn't ready. I, I have to go. I have to fight the Joker's gang. But I wasn't ready to to jump back in because apparently some shit happened that we didn't read. And uh, the book ends with him saying, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. And he's all decked out in like full he Joker's looks like a juggalo. regalia. Yeah, he looks like a fucking like the worst juggalo though. Yeah. Um. It's it's at the end that. I I was like, all right, I'm I'm totally out of it because I I can deal with him being down on himself. I could deal with a bunch of the you know the sh- the shitty town name, you know him getting like yeah. ganged up on stuff. Just classic, sure, b- comic bullshit. Because uh, it's the first issue. Like, all right, we're waiting for the end for it to all tie together and it to draw us in, and then you're gonna take away his suit. And all the cool shit that makes Terry McGinnis Batman and, like, awesome. And you're just going to make him, like, an undercover gang member. Yeah. Like, that that was your big and thing? I Like, what's really impressive is because within the span of a conversation, he is able to dye his hair from jet black to oh, bright fucking orange. I am happy you picked up on that. Because I was going to say, there was a sentence. There was a sentence said. And then all of a sudden, white face paint. Orange hair, uh, totally done up. How? I can maybe in two or three minutes, I can put on a pair of boots. He did this in all of 30 <laughs> seconds. Did he have it just waiting under there? I, what the fuck? It, he, Nanotechnology. There must have yeah, been like a program that he just had like a word that he went in there and just it was preset. And it was like, you know, fucking insane clown posse. And. Back computer like decorator program. Activate ICP protocol. (laughs) Activate the ICP protocol. Oh, that would be the worst fucking protocol ever. Oh, just Uh, lots of Fago everywhere. That's terrible. Not for nothing. I've seen ICP in concert twice, and they're it's an amazing. They know how to party. I'll give them that, but it's just a terrible premise. Oh God, but they're fans. Oh, they're the worst. Boy, oh, like. I mean, spare me your internet rage, but god damn it, ICP fan. Anyway, okay. So, Matt, um, I think it's pretty obvious the way Dean and I are leaning towards this book. Uh, how did you feel about it? I thought it was all right, but I thought it was just all right. I mean, I was really on the nose how it was uh, a jumping on point, and... Um, I don't know. It it just really stuck out. I guess I thought they did it a little inelegantly. Like, oh, well, we have to bring everyone up to speed in as few panels as possible. But we're also trying to do a a new Batman Beyond story around Terry and the future. And um, I'm surprised nothing's changed the future by now. 
Right. If the future keeps ending up being the same goddamn thing. So really, it's it's very nihilistic. No matter what we do, the future will be the same. Or Which maybe I it's suppose just, it's too marvel to continually spawn futures and then destroy them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I. It's interesting that I I there has never been a Batman Beyond book that has lasted. Like they I, keep trying, it, it and doesn't translate. It never sticks. Well, the, the thing you don't have the same talent. Like it's it's the same thing with the the animated series. They tried doing an animated series, but granted, it was more geared towards kids. But it, it when you take the talent that makes the show so good away from it, and you try giving it to someone who writes comics, it doesn't work. Like you need the same yeah. person. But I mean, that's also why. Um, what was it? Um, Batman. Uh, uh um, Mad Love. Yeah. That that was a good book about Harley Quinn because it's the people who made her that cared about her enough to give her right. a good story. If you don't have that, it's not going to turn out well. And I, I think that just turns over here. Dan Jurgens is not a bad writer by any no. like way. You know, it's just Jurgens is awesome. Right. It's just yeah, great soap. Th- this is perhaps out of his <laughs> element. <laughs> oh, body wash, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, either way. Well, but I, I, I mean, I, I think he might be out of his element here. I don't think this is necessarily that he's bad at writing it. It's just not something that he should be writing. I, again, I don't know who should write this. I don't. Maybe there just shouldn't be a Batman Beyond book unless you're gonna have Paul Dini writing it. There you go. Otherwise, you're out of your element, Donnie. So that's what you need. Pass for me, Dean. It's a pass. Matt. Um. Yeah, it's a pass. I don't know. Oh, shit. All three, man. The trifecta. The Triforce is in the house. I like it. The perfect. Of course, that's with the, that's with the benefit of retrospect. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, ju- just no. <laughs> just don't don't buy this book. Save yourself don't. some time. Um, don't. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's jump over to Marvel Comics because I'm lazy and we're just going to do this shit in alphabetical order. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's... Uh, with uh, multiples, uh, Supreme. Number one from the brand new, all new, all different Marvel now. Guys, uh, I read the wrong book. Did you? Did Which you one did you Mystic, read? Uh... I, I, I read, I read um, Doctor Strange 13. Oh, that was oh, 13. last week. No, oh. it was this week. I downloaded it. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I feel stupid. Sure. It was a good book. Was it? Yeah. All right. Oddly enough, I, I was able to keep up with it. But you guys go ahead and you talk about your book. <laughs> well, tell you what, Matt buy it. I read buy it. I already Do- said buy it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Matt and I read uh, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme number one from the brand new Marvel Now relaunch. Um, this book is taking place after Civil War. Um, it so written by Robbie Thompson, art uh, by Javier Rodriguez. And I guess this is what Robbie Thompson is doing now that he's not, spoilers, doing Venom anymore. We'll get there later. I know. Oh, um, I didn't even. Yeah, I'm I'm bad with names, so I didn't even put that together because I'm an idiot. But no, that's, it's okay. That's too bad. Yeah. That is so, too bad. Uh, book starts out in uh, 507 Agno Dominier. Uh, so, you know, uh, fucking Latin after Christ. Um the year 507 we start off with the wizard merlin and uh he's doing a thing with 
fucking King Arthur, and I guess those are the Knights of the Round Table, and there's some magical shit going on, and uh, he says, you know, there's a darkness that has to be locked away forever, um, and I'm about to do some evil shit, like, for the first time. I'm about to fucking lock this guy up. And we jump forward in time to uh, Doctor Strange, chilling in his uh, Sanctum Sanctorum, uh, fighting Quiven the, the Malevolent, um, but because the Sanctum Sanctorum is uh, mystically cloaked within uh, the village in New York, it just looks to passersby as if he is uh, throwing himself around willy-nilly and helter-skelter in a fucking alleyway between two buildings. What a doom it's is. performance art. Yeah, and <laughs> as this old lady is looking at him saying, uh, you know, I never should have moved out of Brooklyn. He says, uh, you know, I'm doing performance art. And this is Doctor Strange with a full beard now, uh, still rocking the battle axe, looking like a badass. And he's uh, fighting this, this Quiven, the Malevolent, getting his ass kicked because his magic isn't exactly up to snuff as it used to be. So for the Sorcerer Supreme, he's more like a fucking rent-a-magician at a kid's birthday party right now. Like, he's about at card tricks, I think is, is fair to say. Wow. And giant axes. And card tricks and giant axes. So, like, either the shittiest birthday party you've ever been to or, or the, the best. coolest, yeah. Or fucking best little kids. But anyway, so he's fighting uh, Quiven the Malevolent, and Merlin shows up from 507 AD. Merlin shows up, whoops uh, Quiven's ass, then Doctor Strange jumps in, axes the shit out of him, and finds the lost bones of Ihu. I guess is how you say it. I'm the captain now. You know, why not? I'm I'm the captain now. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. the captain now. I had to, I could just imagine like fucking killing him with the axe and just going like look at me. Look at me like picking his head up. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. Oh shit. That's funny. Just a little. Uh, well, you know, either way. So uh Merlin's talking to him and he's like, So uh I can tell that you're uh kinda shitty right now and uh that's a thing that's going on um but i'm gonna take you back in time with me anyway we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna walk back in time or like over to this other place uh through this really badass double page spread that they did um this was probably like my favorite two pages that i saw this week because it's just all fucking weird and trippy looking and kind of in in, in the best kind of way that Steve Ditko used to do the Doctor Strange book, this has a lot of that weird colors and, and weird monsters and just weird shit. The colors, it, Duke. The colors. <laughs> but it all somehow kind of works, right, Matt? Like, this kind of made sense as they're, like, crawling along the pillar of, like, Merlin's beard. Right? It was is, fucking... But it worked. Beard? It had faces. It had yeah. lots of faces. You know, why doesn't faces. my beard have faces? I want faces in my beard. You need to grow uh, your beard out a little bit more. All right. That's it. Keep okay. working on it. Anyway, right. so they uh, they come out of a tree that looks suspiciously like a vagina. Um, a lot like a vagina. Right. And by suspiciously, I mean this. someone drew a vagina and then went, oh, fuck, I got to make it a tree. Like, that's, that's what happened there. <laughs> the editor was like, put some branches coming off of that vagina. Fuck, dude, you can't. So, like, they're being born out into the world. And uh, they meet up with a bunch of other Sorcerer Supremes. So we get Wiccan, the young Avenger, but Wiccan from the future. He ah, has the future. The, the future in the year 2000. Um, 
He's got the Eye of Agamotto or Agamotto. I don't. I haven't seen the movie yet. So the I Eye of Costco. Really got it. <laughs> the Eye of Costco. He's got that. Great fucking deals. No matter what you need, he can hook you up. <laughs> um, and then a bunch of other like mystical characters, and we find out that one of them is uh, is the fucking ancient one, Doctor Strange's teacher, but not ancient yet. This would be like the young one, and not that weird old British TV show for like the one other person that's going to get that reference. But like the ancient one is now young and cocky and kind of an asshole, and just a bunch of other really cool sorcerers and wizards and shit and Merlin has brought them all together to fight this evil darkness and that's where the book ends I mean like the this weird evil monster like pops up out of the ground and they start fighting it Merlin gets killed but then we just like that's that was just it and it just stopped and I yeah. loved it oh, you I liked it a lot. Oh, oh good what did you think, Matt? Because like I'm, I'm, I love the regular Doctor Strange book that Jason Aaron's so been did doing. I. Um, what did you think of this one? I did. I surprisingly did not like this book. Really? What didn't you like about it? Um, let's see here. I mean, there's some messy time travel mm -hmm. and some lack of internal logic. Sure. And, um, I don't know. I, uh, I guess I need to give it a chance. I don't like any of these characters. Okay. I'm a little burnt out on pulling people from different time periods. And it's, like, some of the internal logic being lost is that Merlin goes, finds Doctor Strange when he's at his absolute weakest he's ever been. Right. And says, yeah, you'll do. <laughs> and brings him on the adventure. Doesn't make any sense. No, no. And but you maybe can go on and on about potential, but I don't know. It's not. It I mean, maybe he did it because he knew that was the time because Doctor Strange has to grow as a character. I don't know. I mean, there there is a narrative way to explain that decision because you're right. If he's time traveling, well, I'm going to go find Doctor Strange at his fucking at his as dopest. Like, right? Why like, find him when he's like a cracked out like drug whore? I mean, that's not found, what's happening, but... <laughs> I found 96-year-old Doctor Strange. He's in a walker. He's fucking, like... He's barely just, conscious. Yeah. He can't see. He's blind. He's got cataracts and shit. He's always high because he's smoking weed for his fucking cataract. Um, <laughs> he's making weird scribbled animals from his mind. It's, it's weird. Just, There's demons everywhere all the time. He's just the shittiest version of Doctor Strange you could possibly have. But no, that's that's a very fair point, Matt. And I'm sure that there will be narratively a reason for it. And where I'm going to give this book the benefit of the doubt is I really liked it. Um, oh, excuse me. Fucking paps is rearing its ugly head. Um, I really enjoyed this book with its faults. Um, but I was also very, very harsh on Mr. Robbie Thompson for the first issue of Venom Space Night. If we go back and listen to that episode, I did not like it at all, and it certainly grew Owl on me. Owl tits grew on you, man. <sighs> well, Owl tits grew on you? Oh my god! <laughs> it's we had it's to get him looked weird at. It was couple a whole of months. thing. Oh, he's weird. on gene therapy now. It's really advanced shit. No, <laughs> um, I don't know. He hooked me immediately with Venom Space Knight, but he did not hook me with this 
even though it's a character I like and stuff. I don't know. Uh, the, my, I don't know, my major gripe with this book was with the artwork. Um, yeah, I'm not a pretty particular fan of... It's pretty what? Inconsistent. Yep. Doctor Strange's face looks different in almost every panel that he is... His face is featured. Yeah. Um, which I have a huge problem with. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Not great. I would still say pick this book up. Matt, are you saying pick it up or pass? I'm going to check out the next one to see how it goes. So, yeah, should pick this one up so you're not just jumping in on the second issue. Anyway, so uh, staying with Marvel and staying with number ones, a clone conspiracy tie-in, The Prowler, number one. Uh, this book... You fucks tricked me. I didn't know this was a clone conspiracy. I didn't want to read any more about I that I didn't shit. know either. No, we're reading all of it. No, stop. Um, no, it's good. I, I right, like so, it. Art in this book is really good, though. I'll, I'll I was, I was just going to say, the art in this book was gorgeous. Good stuff. Right. And it's the Prowler. I mean, so what this uh, clone conspiracy tie-in, clone conspiracies, the, the big... Uh, story arc going through all of the Spider-Man books right now and the Jackal is back and the Jackal has brought a bunch of Spider-Verse characters back to life and if you oh. don't know what any of this means go download episode or issue 106 of the Paper Cuts podcast where Dean and I talked about fucking clone conspiracy number one because we're not getting back into it but needless to say the Prowler uh, was dead for a little bit and the Jackal has brought him back to life and apparently given him a pretty sweet new costume. Yeah, I it, like it. It was, it, it was nice. It was, it, it's, it's purple. It's sleek and modern. It's more purple. A lot of purple. So, yeah, there is a lot of purple. Well, that's it's very regal, though. Purple rain. Purple. Brought to you. Aww. I was going to say brought uh, to you by a Prince, but it's Halloween nope. from Beyond the Grave. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> His spirit lingers on. Brought to you by Zombie Prince. <laughs> Big too fan soon. of the show, Zombie Prince. Is it too soon? I don't know that it is. So anyway, so yeah, Prowler's back. He's got a new costume. Um, it looks really cool. It's a it's an it's a good update to the original uh, Prowler costume, which I always thought looked pretty cool. The uh, the green and the purple and black together, the way they used it, especially the way it's drawn here. So we we get a scene of Prowler uh, stopping a bank robbery. They're out in San Francisco, and uh, we then cut over to jack-o'-lantern uh fighting with a bunch of other recently brought back to life uh spider-man villains tarantulas there fucking montana dan is there which is just awesome and uh prowler comes <laughs> in and he's kind of montana dan really yeah. what are the expectations for that villain <laughs> i don't know but he's awesome what do you have a fucking uh, lasso uh, Montana Dan. That's Montana that's Dan. what I would call like my friend from high school. Yeah, you remember Montana Dan? He he had a gimpy leg, you know, he used to play yeah, on the he, football team for a while. He was the water boy. He was <laughs> he was from Dan. Montana and we were not fucking creative. No, oddly enough, he remember? wasn't from Montana. He was from Poughkeepsie. <laughs> Forrest Gump. There was Tex, he was from California. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, um so, yeah, Prowler comes in and uh, breaks up the fight, goes over and uh, talks to Jackal. And pretty much like pretty much the entire crux of this issue is Jackal talking to Prowler 
saying, you know, I brought you back to life and I'm putting you in charge of all these other guys. Like, I'm giving everybody a second chance here. I can't have you just going out to, like, stop crimes without fucking telling me, you know. But I understand you need to go do some shit. You got to go be a hero at times. So go talk to Madam Webb because we brought her back to life, too, because Madam Webb is fucking dope as fuck. And somebody's trying to hack into my systems. Go talk to her. Let's figure some shit out. You go catch that guy. We'll do that. Prowler says, all right, cool. Goes over to talk talk to Madam Webb. And as she is searching for the hackers, she gets some, some psychic feedback, some psychic interference that has never happened to her before. Ever. And ever. In the history of ever, it's never happened. And the only information she can give Prowler about where the... The only lead he gets is that there's a building and people are really sad inside of it and it's surrounded by black and they can't get out. So as Prowler is Roman San Francisco, he happens to uh, be swinging by and he sees Alcatraz off in the distance, swings on over or swims on over to Alcatraz, gets in there and there's a bunch of lasers and he trips an alarm system and he's getting caught up in all this shit and some like weird light Spiderweb shoot out and web him all up and he's just caught at the end of the issue uh staring at a man in slacks so there's some nice slacks they were they were lovely slacks they were a very tailored nice pair of pants the shoes not wingtips so you know lose a couple of style I get, points I there but he got him from uh what was the the men's warehouse you're gonna like the way you look is that the guy, the old guy who says yeah, that? He, yeah, yeah. he goes, you're going to like I the way you look. It. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I will go to Men's Warehouse one day. I've never gone to Men's Warehouse in my life. Mm-mm. Well, you just haven't had the occasion. T-shirts, my friends. T-shirts and jeans. That that's is what right. I wear. That's sure. right. But that's where this issue ends. And, you know, like I said, it's a tie-in to the clone conspiracy. The first three or four issues of Prowler are going to be tied in to the clone conspiracy. I really dug it. I thought it was really, really well done. I thought the art was gorgeous. The writing was was really good. Um, what did you guys think? To be honest to God, I was running out of time, and I was going to skip through this book, and then I started reading it, and I was like, well, fuck, it looks like I'm in it to win it now. So, yeah, I mean, it, it drew me in pretty quick, and I, it didn't hurt that the art was really, really good. I mean, whoever the artist is on this book deserves a fucking medal because, man, he did a really great job. It's that painterly style, yes. but done very, very well. It's Absolutely. Uh, Javier Salteres is the lay- layout artist with uh, finishes being done by Jamal Campbell. And Sean Ryan did the uh, the writing on this. So Javier Salteres is somebody I'm familiar with. I don't think I know Sean Ryan or Jamal Campbell from any previous work. I could be wrong. But they made a, a great, great looking book. What did you think, Matt? Definitely made a great looking book. It's really good art. I definitely agree with that. I actually found it to be a, a sort of a bonus that it was a clone conspiracy tie-in. I'm not particularly interested in the the Prowler from anything I had seen him in before, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked it up. But then it turned out it was part of the whole Spider-Man event, and I said, "All right, I'm interested in that." And uh, I don't quite know what they're doing because the issues are still revolving around okay, a bunch of people are brought back and uh, they're involved in something and 
none of them really know what the deal is, so they're confused, as well as the readers are confused, as well as the people who are spotting them and saying, aren't you dead? Like, everybody's just confused. <laughs> and we really need to fo- forward, forward, move this plot forward quickly. Uh, side note, Jamal uh, Campbell is a big cover artist, does a lot of different colors. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at his um, uh, website right now where he has, like, a small portfolio, and uh, he did uh, one of the Power Ranger covers too. Oh cool. well, yeah, there you go. yeah. So I mean, he, he's he's been around. I think this is probably. It, it seems like he's done a lot of Marvel stuff. He's been enlisted by Marvel quite a bit. But uh, yeah, for a good I, reason. Yeah, he, uh, most notably is uh, a lot of Spider-Man stuff, some X-Men things, and Power Rangers. He's done a few other things on the side too. It seems. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well, because why the fuck not? Love that. So, will you guys be picking this up? Well, actually, all right, better question. Would you pick this up if it were not tied in to Clone Conspiracy? No, I'll one-up you there. Um, for anyone interested in this arc, it's it's a great book. It's it's well done. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, however, me personally, I'm going to pass. But if you're asking me whether other people should pick it up specifically interested in spider-man and the clone conspiracy yes you should get this book uh even though it's supposed to be like a like a sort of sideline thing it's interesting enough and has enough to do with the storyline where you should pick it up well said what about you matt i feel pretty much the same way i don't know what to add to that (laughs) it was very (laughs) thorough Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, I mean, after, I mean, they're, they're going to have to do something really interesting with him, and I have no idea what it might be for me to carry on after this whole event is over, but, uh, I don't know, they could do it. It's certainly possible, and, and I agree with you guys. I really did enjoy this book, and I think for the duration of the Clone Conspiracy crossover, this is should definitely be one of the books that you pull in addition to the main storyline. Um, where it goes after that, though, will be interesting to see. I know we're running so. a little low on time, but can I just bring up the fact that it seems like Marvel has this thing where they start out by making these characters super fucking interesting, like these these <laughs> nobodies, and yeah. then all of a sudden they're like, well, we did that story arc. Uh, what do we do next? I don't know. All right, let's end the book. What the fuck? Are you... Why? Like... They did that. Just make it a mini series. I mean, they have done with that. Silver yeah. Surfer, uh, Venom, Space Knight. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! We haven't talked yeah, about that yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers, anyway. Venom, Space Knight, um, uh, Moon Knight. I believe isn't running much longer. If it's well, it ended once already, and now it's on a second uh-huh. thing or uh, again. So it's on like its seventh. Thing, yeah. So like <laughs> to be fair, wh- why why do you do this? You know, I-, I didn't have anything against any of these books. In fact, I liked all these books a lot, and I would have <laughs> kept buying them, but you stopped it, and it made me sad. I feel like it's a disconnected upper editorial staff that isn't really in touch or maybe we're just a minority of readership that just likes all the oddball shit i I don't know is it really well i'm spanish so i I mean i am a minority i'm I'm a minority well you're a minority dean's the global majority but well that's true dan you look as white as a piece of paper shut up i know but i'm spanish shut up stop so i get to claim that stop it um 
<laughs> but he's seven feet tall with a shock of red hair. And you can't teach that. You certainly can't. I don't know where I was going yeah, with this. No, just... I agree. <laughs> um, I agree, but no, you can't bring any of that up. So, all right. Um, so buy this book, uh, and then we'll have yes. to see what happens after the uh, after the crossover. All right, so jumping over to, uh, to Dark Horse Comics now for, in my opinion, the most disappointing book of the week. That would be Serenity, No Power in the Verse, number one of six. So remember yeah. when I said, like, I I, I was going to s- skip through, like, skim through Prowler? Mm-hmm. Well, I skimmed through Serenity because, like, one, I've never done anything Serenity. I've never watched Serenity. I've never read any of the books. Like, I'm just. Oh, it's it's great. It's, it's a great show. I know people have, like, given it massive praise, which I'm sure it deserves. Um, but this didn't seem interesting. This book, no, it's baby. No, was it? They caught a baby. It was. was, Everybody's paired off and having babies. It's like that is not Firefly. Yeah, this is um, this is absolutely Serenity timeline. This is not Firefly timeline. So Wash is dead. Um, spoilers, I guess, for a fifteen-year-old show with possibly, possibly, I don't know. Maybe the worst theme song ever written. Which what? The sur- the Firefly theme song is uh, you know awful. Oh. Wow! Oh my god! It's so like it is honestly one of the reasons that I didn't watch the show when it first came out because wow. it was like oh that's the type of theme song that like a really awful show that only comes on on Saturday afternoons on the CW network gets. Uh, wow. Okay, guys, yeah. I have an idea. Let's switch that theme out with the theme from Seventh Heaven. I don't know that you would notice much of a difference. <laughs> I would not. know what I would. No, <laughs> I have what? never seen Seventh Heaven, what? so I'm I not would sure. Chew through leather straps to get away from that. I would chew through leather straps to get at Jessica Biel. Mm. Just saying. All right. Just saying. Slight there it is. tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Shelter. Anyway, so we oh. we talked about a couple weeks ago. I forget exactly what book it was. It might have been, um, might have been the Torchwood book when we read that. That was a bad. Book. Oh, the Goblin King. Yes, I remember well. Wasn't a great book, but the artwork at least looked like the people on the show. I don't know, In man. Some I, of the I would I would care to debate that. <laughs> Maybe it, it might not have been the Torchwood book then. I, th- there was a book that we read that was based on a property. We were like, yeah, this looks like the people on the show. I think you said it about the Torchwood book. And I'm we not sure I agreed with you, but I think you've referred to it. I, I, don't, I don't remember exactly. This book does not look like any of them. Not particularly. I don't know. Like Nathan Fillion does not look like Nathan Fillion. He kind of looks, he, he looks like a goblin. A lot of goblins. They all, there were weird proportions. The inking style, like if you guys look on the panel where River is, um, has just handed back Emma's baby to her, um, or no, not Emma is the baby. Um, Zoe. Zoe's baby. She's just handed Zoe's baby back to her. And there's, there's a picture of River. It's just a panel. It's the three of them in the panel. And River 
her nose, there's no shadow of where the bridge of her nose would be. So she looks like her face is just really fucking flat. But then there's shadows in other parts. It's fucking weird. Like, the art took me out of this book so hard. Yes. I could not fucking focus on anything else. And like Really not very good. The storytelling isn't bad. Like, the panel-to-panel stuff is good. It makes sense going from, from panel-to-panel. Like, the action flows. The mechanical stuff all i i thought all looked really good the uh the the spaceships and the all the like the technical stuff all looked good but then the people looked nothing like what they were supposed to look like and with a show that has like the the great thing about firefly i thought was personality of the characters themselves because the show it's just oh, yeah, a western absolutely right and it's a western i fucking hate westerns personally like there's maybe two or three that i've liked my entire life it's just not a genre that i'm into so a western set in space like that's eh, a hard sell to begin with but the personality on the show was so strong and the the, the character acting was so good that it pulled you into the show when you're then looking at at not so great representations of those characters with writing that's not bad writing but is certainly not as on par yeah like it Didn't this meet is the not standards. Joss Whedon yeah. writing this book no no it's not so when you put all of that together there just was not enough here to keep me engaged no and that sucks. I wanted this to be great. Like, I wanted to be able to say, yes, this book was awesome. This will fill that, you know, that hole in your soul that you have from the lack of new Firefly stuff. But I, I cannot on good faith recommend this book. Um, I have no idea what is going on in the story. It was very confusing. No, it, it, the problem was it did too big of a lead up onto the conclusion and that's what I think would probably lose most people is that you're you're doing this whole thing on the spaceship where you know life is hunky dory and all that shit and then the last few pages are what you want readers to to care about but they don't care anymore that's if they made it through that far into the book like you know why would you stuff why would you hide the lead that far into the book? Like, 20 pages in, then you're just finally getting to what this book is about? No, you, you can't do that. Like, there needs to be a hint to keep readers going. You you, you buried the lead too far. You buried it, like, 30 feet deep, like, uh, under under mountainous caverns with, like, goblins. And it's just, it's not worth it. It's a, it's a fucking <laughs> mess, and, like, it, it was just, it was it was poorly done. It was, it was poorly done. Mechanically, Dan, you're right. It it was fine, but yeah, just as a whole, when they tried to string the whole thing together, like with all these bits and pieces, it didn't fit well. It was like a puzzle that was, uh, from like four different pieces. It's it's like four different puzzle pieces from four different puzzles. They don't mix well together. They're all different things, and then when you try to loop this all in, yeah. What do you make it here? Like it doesn't really make sense. So yeah, uh, it, they they buried the lead way too far, and it was it was difficult to comprehend. Anyway, in my eyes. Yeah, 
Um, so it's a skip it from me, uh, Matt. I'm so disappointed. So disappointed. And Dean. Ice Bear disapproves. <laughs> Ice Bear disapproves. Well done, sir. Mm -hmm. I love that joke. Me too. Anyway, um, so I just want to talk about really quick another book that I read because um, I know we're short on time. But um, the Silver Surfer book that is currently going on is awesome. Nora um, Rad makes his return. Issue number seven. Um, is there? I didn't see that. It's been out for a little bit. I we were talking about it when the last one ended, but we we didn't. We, you know, there's other shit to read. We never picked it. This back week. Up. I got around to reading it this week. I don't know if it came out this week, um, oh, just because okay. of the way I had my my stack of shit just all fucking mixed up. Um, but in the first couple of pages, uh, what is this week of this of this book? Um, Silver Surfer takes uh, Dawn Greenwood to a special planet, and she asks him what's so special about it, and it's a trampoline planet. And it's <laughs> Silver Surfer says it's called Bumpalumpus Minor, the bouncy planet. Is uh, is Mike Allred still doing the art? Yep. Oh yep. yeah, that's that's. Good it's stuff, so good. Man. I love it. And then uh, they had what I love about this book in particular is that it's really weird and really strange, but there's a lot of really touching human moments to it, and they have this this interaction and this is just the first couple of pages of this issue um they have this interaction on like a trampoline planet and isn't that so fucking cool and puppy Dawn, bunny kitty planet yeah yeah she's talking to, to the surfer and she's like you know that's going to be really hard to top and surfer says one of the most i think poignant things i've ever read in a comic book and he says dawn the universe is infinite and ever expanding logically there is always something better like oh, fucking it's like deep and smart. And then the very next panel is Dawn saying, yes, puppy bunny kitten planet. And they are on a planet that is a that has an animal that is a mixture of a puppy, a kitten, and a bunny all mixed together. And it looks amazing. Puppy monkey baby. And Yeah. It's, this a, book, it's, a, it's adorable if it weren't horrifying, actually. Right. It's horrifyingly adorable. Please that read That is Silver not Surfer. what I said. <laughs> That's exactly please, what you said, Matt. Please, please, please. Fucking read the Silver Surfer book. It's so good. Anyway, uh, moving on to our last book of the week that everybody read. Um. And our last, I know, Venom Space Knight number 13. Mm. So, yeah. Um, Parting is such sweet sorrow, Venom. Written by mm. Robbie Thompson. Art by uh, Gerardo Sandoval. And this is the culmination of the Venom Space Knight series so we got 13 issues which i want to go back and listen to the first time we talked about this because i think that's probably <laughs> right about about where we guessed it would get to um I, you know what most likely uh, i think it was probably around that point if if we were if we're seriously talking about this yeah you're probably not too far off man yeah i think i think we got it pretty close um they are still on earth uh, they're in Philadelphia. Venom and Mania are fighting each other because the Hellmark that was inside part of the symbiote that Mania had has moved from the symbiote on to Andy, the character who is Mania herself. She now is the bearer of the Hellmark. She is fighting Flash Thompson. Um, the rest of the people show up. They have a very quick fight. It is a very quick wrap-up. Uh, there's... We we are introduced to new characters. Like new characters are introduced. No, they were to in the Flash. last book. Well, I know, but they're they're introduced to Flash like it's brand oh, new. Yeah. 
to him in this book, um, fucking Space Knights show up and they have a quick little fight. He takes and, it pretty well. Yeah. And uh, he fucking stabs Mania with this medicine thing. And it, I, it, it puts the, it makes the Hellmark go dormant for a little bit. And then in a, perhaps the most unsatisfying wrap up I could possibly have thought to this book, mm -hmm. everybody just fucks off. Yeah. They just like, all right, well, we're going off to space and we're going to go join the Space Knights. And Iqua says, you know, you can still be in my husband's stable. And 803 is like, you know, okay, I'll outlive everybody as you wish, sir. You know, like, Flash tells him he's free. And then Flash and Mania talk to each other and she asks him to put on the old suit and he's back to uh, Venom when he was like an agent of agent shield, of shield yeah. that's what bugs me man i, I gotta and say and that's it you know, and then it's just over yeah um it, you know it's i don't know why going back to what we were talking about before with you know them restarting these characters over and over again venom didn't need a restart in fact he needed a push further in the space cosmos direction because i feel that would have had a far larger readership than you know, doing this whole thing with him back on her. It's the same shit over and over again. Like, what, what can he, you know, I don't know. there's only a. And I love the Agent Venom stuff. The Rick Remender Venom book, I thought it was great. Well, th th that's what I'm saying. Because it was Rick Remender. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, my thing is, is that on Earth, there's only a finite amount of things that you can do. When he's in space, you can make up whatever the fuck you want. And I mean,. It wasn't just Venom that made the book. In fact, it no, it, it wasn't was Venom at all. It was the culmination cast. of the characters. Yeah, you know, you had this giant murder bear, space murder bear. We we tagged that hashtag space murder bear. If anyone wants to do that, uh, so named uh, good. Pick Rolo. That was a big Pick. one. Uh, there was eight oh three, the suicidal robot. I will never ever forget that robot and his first few issues. He was great. Everything about mm. him was fantastic. Um, there was Medusa, the, the Medusa chick, Ika, or Ika, which um, I, yeah. uh, apparently wanted so to, cool. yeah, to sex up. Uh, <laughs> well, who doesn't? Yeah. Let's be honest. Well, she didn't just want to sex him up. It was hers. Like, she, Yeah, she owned she him. She claimed that. So, you know, there was that. Um, then you got to the other uh, uh, agent of the cosmos, um, which was uh, Tarna, Tarna. When she had a really cool symbiote because she looked ugly as fuck. And then when she took off the symbiote suit, she was hot as fuck. So, I mean, <laughs> there's that. That was cool. Oh, and also she was a scroll, so that was a big thing. Um, you know, it, like, again, all these characters made for a compelling story. And now you're going to strip that away, stick them with someone who there's always, already been a story about, and go back to the way things were. You're going to make status quo again. Why? Like, what, are you, is Marvel really that afraid to take chances? Like, I, is there a, oh, there is a Spider-Man movie coming out. Maybe that's why. That that was going to be my, my guess, was that somehow in Spider-Man Homecoming, Venom will be figuring into that universe so we have to start setting it up to get him back evil on, again is, what is well, he gonna you know, do it's even the wrong character like if you want to do that you need eddie brock and i mean if we're going by canon now eddie brock's long fucking gone yeah uh, and they didn't even do the thing that i was i think i was complaining about i can't remember they didn't even pass the torch which is what no. it was building yeah. toward in the preview material right 
where we're going to have a lady Venom. Now we got both it's of them. It's still... No, it's still... No, we, we yeah. had nothing because what what well, should have yeah, happened we have, is... We're in a deficit. Well, yeah, what, what should yeah. have happened is they could have <laughs> passed this over to Tarno. You could have a completely new character and done some crazy-ass, Firefly-esque sort of uh, thing going on here. But instead, you just... You, you drop the ball. Like, and I, I, I can't blame it. I'm not going to blame um, Robbie Thompson because this obviously isn't his fault. Like, uh, editorial told him, you need to end it. And this needs to turn back into a Venom book. So he said, all right. Yeah, you I know, need I'm you gonna... to do Doctor Strange's side story. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, it, he can only do what he's told. And, I, you know, I. I and I to be know. fair, like, what's here isn't no, bad. No, it's not bad. It's just not what we wanted. It's just not what I wanted. No, I, I think we can all agree. not at all how I wanted yeah, this to I, end. I think we can all agree it's not how we wanted it to, to end. I, I don't think any of us wanted to end in the first place. And we were hoping it wasn't going to come to that, but we saw it in the cards a few issues ago that that was probably yeah. going to happen, which sucks. But, you know, what are you going to do? We're, we'll get another new Venom book. We'll probably read the first issue, and we'll probably not oh, like sure. it because because <laughs> it's old Venom. Well, I didn't. to be fair, I didn't like the first issue of this one either. So, Well, it's, it's not written by Robbie Thompson either, right? I I actually have no idea All right, well, about this new Venom I will book. reserve judgment, but there's not going to be any owl boobs. There won't be a suicidal robot. There won't be a space murder bear. Um, I'm not seeing the plus sides to this book so far. Yeah, all of those are negatives. There's some stupid, shitty emo girl that calls her friend Coach. Yeah. Boo. I don't like that. Boo hiss. So... All that being said, I still think you should pick up this book. Yeah, no, it, it, it <laughs> like ends. Complete the run. Yeah, yeah, just you know. gotta have the whole and set. The, the, and again, it's not bad. It's just not what we wanted. So get your closure. You know, have a little cry because I did. And uh, you know, um, hopefully the new stuff isn't that bad. The solicitation for the new stuff is horrendous. Is it? I didn't even look at it, man. I, to be honest, to God, I, I didn't, even, I didn't want to look at it. I, I saw the cover and I was like, I, actually, the, the cover or the new logo that they did looks like the tick. It's like if made they turn Venom yeah. into the tick, I will be so excited. But no, it's, it's no, not. No, they are not doing that. But I'm, I'm just saying the logo kind of looked like it. I wish that was the thing. I wish they Marvel bought up the tick and they just made tick books. I would love that. That, that would be awesome. <sighs> All right, well. Buy this book begrudgingly. Yeah. No one's Which I like. I do like that I am ending our coverage of Venom Space Night never the same that. way I started it with Not begrudgingly <laughs> buy this book. Because I said buy the first issue too, even though I didn't want to say you it. You know what? But I'm I, I, I saying would, the same thing here. I would like to make a Hall of Fame and put Venom Space Night in it. This is a book that we covered almost every single issue. It is, it, and it's one of those books that I think people will look back on in time and be like, fuck, that was actually really good. You know, like, it had some some up, ups and downs, but as a whole, as a collected story, it was really good. And I suppose that's kind of nice that you can take 13 issues and get one good story out of it yeah i mean it does end it doesn't leave off or anything it doesn't transition to another story it's just over which is it's cool 
And you never know. It did leave it. <laughs> it's cool. It's fine. I'm not mad. I, I'm I'm fucking very mad, but that's not the point. <laughs> I, I I guess it's just nice that the characters aren't dead. They're just away. So it yeah. would be much easier to write them back in in the future if they so choose to, which I really hope they do because I I I need more pick Rolo in my life. I need more 803, man. Honestly, just make the people that left Flash the new Guardians of the Galaxy team. That's what I said. Did you read that or did you? No, No, I saw it and I totally agree. Yeah, I said that in the Slack. Because they're getting rid of the fucking Guardians for some reason, so you got to make new ones or not. Whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Fine. You really. I'm not mad either. I hate what they did with the Guardians, so. Maybe we should have started with this book. (laughs) Because now everybody falls bad. Sad. Let's talk you about Godzilla be, more. You oh, want to be sadder? Go ahead. What's Matt. that? You just read what the you read the promotional material for Venom Marvel now 2016. No, it's okay. I'm not. I'm not happy. Um, on a side it's note, it's not Flash. I I I did go to um Philly over the weekend uh, with my girlfriend Childer because she's amazing, and uh, we went to the King of Prussia Mall. Now. That place is nuts. It is nuts. I would never, ever drive there. Thankfully, one of her friends drove, so <laughs> I just got to walk around in it. They have a comic book store there. It's called Uncanny Comics, I believe. And the only reason I'm going to shout them out is because for a mall store, that staff was incredibly nice and incredibly helpful. Like, I figured her friends went into Sephora, and, you know, I'm not going to... Yeah, Why didn't she go into Sephora? Because I went in there, and I was like, <laughs> I don't like it in here. One, it's a mall store, so it's packed. And it's the King of Prussia Mall, so it's beyond packed. So I was like, I need to get away from all the preteens in here before I slam one of their heads into one of those stupid, shitty mirrors on the wall. So I left, I went to Uncanny Comics, and I walked in, and I asked them if they had any of the new Godzilla books from uh, IDW. I think I got that yeah. right. And yep. he was like, yeah, dude, you know, we just don't have the first one. So I said, all right, fine, you know, give me what you got. He gave me the two and three issue. He made sure they were all nice and stuff. He asked me if I wanted a bag and board. Just normal comic things that you're supposed to do when you're at a – when someone's selling you comic books. And then I was like, did you read this stuff, man? Did you like it? He's like, yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. And um, we got into talking about uh, um, Mike uh, – what the hell is his name? Michael Avon Oming, I think his name is. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, actually, if you like that and the uh, the the Bendis book Powers, um, you should check out United States of Murders Incorporated. And I was like, what, yes. what the fuck is that? And he tells me about it, and I was like, I, I will buy that. I will buy that right now. And <laughs> uh, and I, I, that wasn't his like thing because you know he was like yeah if you get a chance read it and then like i obviously asked for more information and you know just incredibly helpful and shit and like i i always enjoy having a good comic experience because that gets me excited to read the books um so yeah that 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 was just cool shout out to uncanny comics i doubt they'll ever see <laughs> listen to our shitty podcast but uh you know you never know i i figured hey out. you think our podcast is podcast. shitty uh it's a train wreck but I love this train wreck so much. Everybody loves train wrecks. <laughs> they watch them with rapt attention. That is true, motherfuckers. Attention. But yeah, shout out to uh, Uncanny Comics. Uh, dope experience. And I got the Godzilla books physically, which makes me very happy. I will be collecting all five. Yes, they are excellent, excellent books. Look for our reviews of them in the coming weeks. But for now, 
That's going to bring issue 107 of the Paper Cuts podcast to a close. Announcer guy, say some shit. Thank you, Dan. Attention listeners. Did you know the Geek Aid crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geek Aid website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geek Aid by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekaid.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan. Thanks again, announcer guy. And once again, thank you for listening to this particular train wreck here. If you would be so kind when you're done listening, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast from. Leave us a five-star rating and review. It is the easiest way to get more eyes and ears on the show and is absolutely free of charge. If you want to get a hold of any of us, you can always send us an email. That would be mail at geekade.com. If you want to talk to any of us individually, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. That would be at Dan. You can follow Matt at Matt, And you can follow Dean at Kimono underscore Vessler. And I actually look at it now. I've been doing things. I do not. But still follow me anyway. Join us again <laughs> next week. If I, if I get like more followers, I don't know. I'll fuck something. Um, I, whatever. More pictures of beer. Uh, join us again next week when we have a whole new slew of books to talk about. Until that time, for Matt Much. For Dean DeFalco, for our silent editor Evan, and for Dan Ryan, I am Dan Ryan.